Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Okay, I'll share something. Okay. Um, Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. I want to stop there, right there. And that word image is a representation of the internal form of a person. You also have image as a physical likeness or representation of a person. The fact or quality of being alike a resemblance you know God didn't make us by accident he did it on purpose mm-hmm. and I can I can see back in the beginning of time when God created all the heavens and the earth and he says had a board meeting with Jesus and the Holy Spirit hey now let us make man well what is man we're gonna make him our image now we know that John 4 24 says God is a spirit and we know we're spirit being spirit soul and body but we're made in his image now you think about that not just in a physical sense, but if uh, John, John, or I'm sorry, First John, uh, chapter four, somewhere around verse eight or nine, it says, "God is love." Well, if we're made in His image, guess what? We're loved too. Amen. Amen. In His image and His likeness. So that's something to chew on for a while, just to think about that. It's not that we're just spirits; we're everything He is. Not because He lives in us, but because He made us like He is. Amen. Yeah, thank God he does live in us, but yeah, it's wonderful, hon. I love you. (laughs) I think my husband's awesome. Aren't you thankful for the word, guys? Oh, thank you. Yeah, off the mic, he tells me how wonderful I am. Thanks, honey, I appreciate that. Well, why don't you stand back up for a minute? Glory to God, as I sit down, you stand up. You guys are going to stand the rest of the service, and I'm going to (laughs) sit. Praise the Lord. Just kidding, just kidding. Well, glory to God. Let's just stretch out just a little bit. We can't go late because we got to catch a flight. So let's just pray and let's believe that we're going to hear exactly what God has for us this morning. Amen. So, Father, we come before you right now, and we are expectant to hear from you what you desire spoken, what you desire said this morning. And, Father, with expecting hearts, oh, we just are excited, excited about your plan, excited about your purpose for our lives and for this church, this community. And, Father, we rejoice in you. You are the God that is more than enough. Great and mighty is our God. Great in counsel and mighty indeed. There is nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing is impossible with you. And Father, I thank you that as we jump into your truth and jump into your word, revelation is going to flood our souls. And Father, we are expecting to receive from you this morning in these next few moments. And Father, have your way. Oh, Father, I ask that you're seen, that I'm not seen, but you are seen and heard and impartations are made. And Father, we awesomely, we give you all the praise and all the glory and we worship you in Jesus' name. And everybody shouts, amen. Amen. All right, you can be seated. Some of you looked a little frightened when I said you were going to stand the whole service. No, I'm not that mean. 
just sometimes. But glory to God. Well, we've had a wonderful two services on yesterday, and I think it's been good because I've prayed out some things, and I've seen things happen yesterday in the services, and it just blessed my heart. And the first thing that God said to us about yesterday morning's service was that there was an assign, that this church has been assigned. What does that mean? It means that there's an assignment of God upon this house. Amen. And if this is your church, then there is an assignment upon you in this house. And we've talked about that assignment, how that God will call, and um, how that we are equipped to do what God's called us to do. Um, but then we came last night. Um, well, first, let's go back to yesterday mornings again. But we were talking about how the enemy does not want you to fulfill the plan of God, how he wants you to stop short, how he wants to get messed up into God's, to make you get messed up so that you don't feel, fulfill God's plan, but you continue just to fill up, fulfill what you want. And how the enemy, he goes about like a roaring lion, and he's not. We've got dominion and authority over him. I think too often we as the body of Christ, uh, we're not dealing with the enemy like we ought. And we need to make sure, um, you know, not every, you know, we got to be cautious too because you start talking about the devil, then everybody thinks, well, we got to cast devils out of each other. No, you don't. Um, you know, that's just crazy. And, you know, I remember when I was a student at Rama, I went to this special meeting that these people were having and they were trying to cast demons out of everybody in the room. And I remember I was only 18 years old, but I had been raised in God my whole life. And I remember sitting there going, this is not right. This is not right. And the next thing I know, I was shy. They pulled me down to the front. And they had buckets for people to throw up in and everything, guys. I mean, it was crazy. And, um, and, uh, and so they, and, and what's sad, though, is that some of those people had no issues, but when they left the meeting, they had issues. And the reason why is because you're opening yourself up to familiar spirits and demonic activity. You think you're getting rid of something, but in reality, you're getting something. And, and it's just like, ooh, you got to be careful who you hang with. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, Brother Hagen used to always say it like this. He'd say, you know, wherever there's error, at one time, there was truth in that error. At the beginning, there was truth. No doubt, this particular couple that would go around and have these type of meetings, there was probably some times in their ministry that God would set people free and deliver them and cast out demons and do different things. But then they started thinking everybody had demons. Everybody's got devils. And then it got into error, and you, can't, you don't even know about that ministry anymore. You don't even hear about their ministry anymore. And it's just like, oh, well, you know, um, we've got to be cautious about, um, what we um, yield to or what we uh, spend time in. And, um, but thank God for his presence and his spirit. Um, there is a balance to the word. There's a balance to things. And um, can, some, can a Christian have a demon? Sure. Um, they could, possibly. Um, but, um, you know, one thing that I love about God is that he won't do things so outright that it freaks people out. Does that make sense? Um, there is a real devil, and there are things that we've got to do where the Bible says in James to resist the devil, and he will what? Flee. Flee. 
he will flee from you. You know, and a lot of times people that think they have demons don't have any demons. And the people that are dealing with demonic activity are not aware that they're dealing with it. And that's why we just need to stay in the word and stay in fellowship with God and let God reveal things. You know, if you need counsel, then you come in and you get counsel. But um, you've got to be cautious because there are always going to be ministries out there that are going to try to pull you in different directions um, in ways. And we want to be balanced in the word. Amen. How many of you know you better be balanced in, in the word. If it doesn't have word to back it up, then don't do it. If you've got word to back it up, then okay. Well, then some could say, well, there's plenty of scripture that talks about casting out devils. Yes, but if you'll find out in scripture, you'll find out that Jesus didn't just have specific meetings called cast out devils meetings, right? So I'm sorry if I shouldn't be getting off on this, but I'm now going to avoid what I, I'm going to step over into what I want to talk about. But guys, um, we talked about how that the enemy would love um, to keep you from fulfilling what God's called you to do. But how many of you know God has called you? In John chapter 15, we studied just a moment about how the scripture says that God chose you. You've been chosen of God. Every single one of you have been chosen of God. And the enemy wants you to think that you haven't been, but God has chosen you. He's chosen you. He's called you. He's equipped you. And he said, hey, guys, you don't lack in anything. You've got absolutely everything you need to do what I've called you to do. You know, a natural dad that's a good natural father, what is he going to do? He's going to take care of you right? If you got a good natural family, a natural dad, I had a great dad. He's in heaven now, but he took care of us. He loved us. He was mushy gushy, always wanting to hold my hand, always wanting to kiss me on my cheek and, and always just wanting to tell me, oh, Leanne, there's nothing you can't do. Just recently, I was going through some things in my office and I came across a letter that, because my dad was a writer, and I came across a letter that he had written me that I don't remember ever reading because he wrote stuff all the time to me. And once they go to heaven, then you really cherish those things. But, and so, man, I got that letter, that letter when I saw it. I was like, oh. And in the whole letter, my dad was just telling me, Leanne, you're called of God. Leanne, you're anointed to do the job that God's given you to do. And he just began to tell me how wonderful. And, and I'm just like, I had it so good. And I didn't realize how good I had it with my dad. He put within us confidence that we could do anything. He put that in us. You can do anything. Don't let anybody ever tell you you can't do something. You're a Merrill. You can do anything. You know, and, and so, you know, we grew up, all of us. On my dad's 75th birthday, we all got up and talked, and, and none of us talked about what we were going to share, but all of us had a thread of how dad put within all of us confidence that we could do anything. You know, I've been overweight my whole life. I'm on my way on my journey of losing. I've already lost quite a bit. I'm on my way to my skinny place. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But I had a friend that said to me, and this is years ago when I was a youth pastor, and she said, Leanne, when you walk into a room, you act like you own it. I go, what? She goes, when you walk into a room, you act so confident and like you own it. I go, no, I don't. And she goes, yeah, you do. She goes, I don't think you realize you're overweight. 
I go, you're going to have to help me understand what you're talking about. <laughs> and she said, she goes, well, usually people that are overweight have a tendency to think that they don't look good enough to be in front of people to talk or they feel real insecure and stuff. And I go, no, I don't feel insecure. And I looked at her and I said, well, one, there's two reasons. One reason is because dad put so much confidence in me, I don't care. I might be fat, but I can sing. I might be, <laughs> I, you know, I, I might have some issues that are outwardly seen, but many people's issues are all on the inside that can't be seen. You know, and, and I said, but at the same time, you've got to be secure in who you are in God. God, you know, and there's a scripture that says that he's the God of all flesh. <laughs> Skinny, mini, or fatty, fatty, you know. Um, he's the God of all flesh, and no matter what, God loves us. And when we get secure in our love in God, you know, it doesn't matter. When we get secure in him and we're trusting him and living in him, you can walk in any room. When you know who you are in Christ, that you are the righteousness of God in Christ, that in him you live and move and have your being, the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives in you, quickens you, and makes you alive. When you know the word and the word is your reality, it doesn't matter. I don't care what anybody thinks. You can laugh at me, but you watch me do the works of God. You can, you can say, oh, how can you do this or how can you? Hollywood, are you kidding me? I don't care about Hollywood. I don't care about how they think we should look or what we should be. No, I'm going to be who I am in Christ because what matters to me is what he thinks of me, that I'm living my life unto him. And I, have, I am the same right now as I am in front of thousands of people that I've ministered. It doesn't matter to me. I am who I am because it's Christ in me. Christ in me is the hope of glory, and I live my life in him just like you are to live your life in him. I'm not insecure just because you think I don't line up to what you think I should be. You know, if we could become a secure people in Christ, we would have already reached the harvest. Because a secure person doesn't compare themselves to others. You know, I travel, my husband and I, we travel all the time, and we've recently, within the last two years, have been traveling with Jim Hockaday and with Annie Durant. And um, God's had us three go to meetings and do things together. And Jim, some of you know him because he's been here at the church. I mean, man, he's great. I mean, he can, he can break down scripture and make you think different than you've ever thought and, and just demonstrate and flow. And Annie's the same way she can teach and oh my Lord and flow with inspiration. It is awesome. And then you've got me. <laughs> the first time we did a meeting, I was in fear and trembling because I'm an inspirational speaker and I don't always know what I'm going to preach when I get up because God won't tell me sometimes till I'm up. And so that can be a little nerve wracking. So I've got to really put my faith and trust. Father, I thank you that you're in me. I know you. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. And then you smack me in between those two teaching powerful gifts. And then I'm just like going, you know, oh, Lord. But I had to make a decision. I know who I am in Christ. I know the spirit of truth, John 14, 17. Jesus said the spirit of truth the world doesn't see or know, but I know him. And if the word says I know the Holy Ghost, then I know him. And I can't let who they are make me feel inferior. Because they would get upset if they knew that I was letting them make me feel inferior. And I had to plow through that. I had to plow through it when Brother Hagin would turn around to me in the service and say, Leanne, this is your service. And all these thousands of people had come to hear him, but now they get to hear me. Really? And I had to plow through a lot of garbage because people were disappointed. They'd traveled for hours to get to hear Brother Hagin, and now they're listening to who? Me. And so it would take a while, but I had to just plow through it because if my spiritual father, Brother Hagin, said that I had it, then bless God, I've got it, and I believe what he says and not how they're making me feel. And so you get up and you minister in faith. And eventually, finally, they took the brakes off and we had a meeting. But guys, our security is not in people. Our security and our identity is in God. But how do I get secure in God? How do I get secure in the word? I've got to get secure in him by reading the word meditating the word and seeing what he says about me. And so thank God for his truth, amen? How many of you can say, I'm strong, I'm strong. In, the Lord, in the Lord, and I'm confident, I'm confident that, he that he has called me, has called me to, serve to serve him, to live for him, and I'm going to stand in my place, and I will not be moved. I will not be shaken in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You know, guys, it's so exciting to be here because the assignment that is upon this house and the move of God that is taking place, it is happening. What God has said. If you weren't here last night, I encourage you to go back and watch the entire service when Pastor came up and began to, he, it was time for us to take the service, but he couldn't stop and he just started praying and, and he started praying and he began to pray out quite a few things. And and I'm just praying in the Holy Ghost. I'm so glad you guys have a Holy Ghost pastor who's not afraid to pray, glory to God, who's not afraid to pray in the Spirit and show you that you can do it too, glory to God. And because it's an hour in the church that everything that God is needs to be manifested within the body of Christ. Amen. But last night when he was praying... I had prayed out some things that he was praying because, you know, I was going to come and speak, you know, and it was just like, wow, God, how you orchestrated that service last night and how Pastor Sean was so obedient to pray out God's heart and his plan. And he knew that he got breakthrough and that he went to another level that when the pastor does, guess what that is for you? You've went to another level. So in the realm of the spirit, you have stepped into another level. God wants us to begin to recognize that his plan 
is higher than you could ever imagine, you could ever think, far larger than anything that you could hope for, his plan. God calls people to come together as a body to serve him in unity. Guys, you think we're packed today? Wait for a few more weeks or days ahead. And Pastor Sean is having to figure out what's the next day step. Another service, two services, three services. God, where's the building? Are you with me? Are you willing to stay in this mandate, this plan of God? Stay steady, not be shaken, not be moved, and grow with what the momentum of what is taking place. Because the enemy is going to come in like a flood with strife, contention, and to try to destroy it. But that's where we as believers, we raise up our hands and go, oh, no, you don't. We're covered in the blood of Jesus, and we're praying about this plan. Not our agenda, but God's agenda, you know. Sometimes people think that, well, if it's not done the way I think it should be, then it's just not going to happen, you know. And it's just like, oh, be careful, be careful, be careful, because this is not man's plan, it's God's plan. As I was sharing last night, as God has been setting up my husband and I, to, we are launching a church in Rockwall, Texas, and we've got 25 people that are with us, and we knew it ahead of time that, God, that there would be at least 25 that would be with us, and we'd explode in the city. We have our associates, our youth pastors, our children's pastors, our outreach directors, you name it. We've got prayers. You, you, we got it all going, and um, we're excited about it. We're excited about it. But don't you know the enemy would do his best to try to hinder the mandate? Huh. But that's where we stay steady and we stay after it in prayer. Prayer. Brother Hagen prophesied it years ago in 1981. He said prayer, by the Spirit of God, he said prayer should be as vital to you as breathing is to your natural man. He went on to say at the beginning of the prophecy, as the Spirit of God spoke through him, I'm not seeking for a faith church. I'm not seeking for a word church. I'm not seeking for a singing church. I'm seeking for a praying church. A church where that prayer is as vital to you as breathing is to the natural man. Prayer is what's going to change our nation. Prayer is what's going to cause the church to rise up and live out of what he's ordained us to live out of. It's prayer that's going to cause things to change in our government. It's prayer that's what's going to change things. If you believe that, just shout amen. Amen. And he's called you, he's called me, he's called us to pray out his heart and his plan. Amen. Glory to God. Well, turn in your Bibles with me to Romans chapter 8 once again like we have uh, done in the past here. Romans chapter 8. Glory to God. You guys doing all right? Jared, will you get me my glasses, please? Thank you, Jesus. I have forgot every service to bring my glasses up here with me. In Romans chapter 8, 
Oh, I'm so excited about the plan of God for you guys. Last night when we were praying, I knew by the Holy Ghost, by the Spirit of the living God, that just as Jerry and I have been following after this mandate that God has given us because we didn't want a pastor. We were traveling itinerants, ministers, and then God began to deal with us that traveling was something that he wanted us to do and um, or pastoring was what he was wanting us to do. And we fought God on it. And we were like, no, God, no. No, but I said this and I'll say it again. When you are living a life vertically, that you're looking unto God and you're spending time with him, even though you don't want to talk to him about what he might be talking to you about, he will still get his agenda in. Because there were times we would be out ministering in other churches because I didn't want to hear about him telling us that we were going to be pastoring because I didn't want to do it. I wanted to keep traveling and teaching at Ramah, the Bible college, and, and doing what I was doing because we had a great life there. You know, we enjoyed it. and But God, every time pastor, pastor, or he would show me the church, or he would put me, have a spiritual vision, or something would take, and I'd be like, oh, why can't I get away from this? Or people would come to my office, Miss Leanne, can you help me? I've had a dream, and I'm just freaking out about this dream, and on the inside, I'm thinking, dear God, he's going to tell me that I was in this dream, and it's going to be something about a church. And so I would go, oh, okay, well, what's it about? And he would start talking, and then by the end of it, I'm smack dab in the middle of the dream, and I'm preaching to multitudes of people. And I'm just like going, blah, blah, but I'm going, oh, okay. <laughs> and on the inside, I'm just like, Father, you're not going to let us get away from this, are you? And he didn't, because you can't stay in the will of God and run from what he desires for you to do. I've said my whole life, <laughs> my whole purpose for existence is to fulfill his will. I want to do his will. How many of you want to do the will of God? Yeah. You want to do the will of God. And, and so if you want to do his will, guys, that means you're going to have to go vertical. And you're going to probably have to fast some things, meaning maybe you might have to fast TV for a week. Okay, for some of you, maybe a day would almost kill you, but one day. Or one show. Start where you're at. You know what I'm saying? Maybe you need to fast drinking Diet Coke. Anybody a Diet Coke drinker? You guys are holy. Well, thank you for those few. Okay. Wow. You like the real stuff. And see, I can't stand the real stuff. I like the Diet Coke and the Diet Dr. Pepper. Come on now. But maybe you need to fast something. Maybe you need to fast your dessert. That pumpkin pie, which I can't stand pumpkin pie. <laughs> it's got to have so much whipped cream on it for me to be even. How many are that way? You got to have a ton of whipped cream to eat that pumpkin pie. Okay. Okay. Give me, but it's just like, go ahead and make a whipped cream pie and one little bite of pumpkin <laughs> or a pie on top. We're happy. You know? <laughs> but I believe that, you know, we, we're going to have to start putting our flesh aside in some things so that we can spend some extra time. And God's not requiring us to spend hours upon hours, just a little bit of time. We've been quoting this verse here in Scripture in Romans chapter 8, verse 5. Those who are motivated by the flesh only pursue what benefits themselves. How many of you seem to benefit yourself a lot? Come on now, I'm raising my hand and I'm the preacher. 
I do things all the time that benefits me. Oh, yes, I do. But there's something else I love to do too, and that is to please my father. How about you? But those who live by the impulses of the Holy Spirit are motivated to pursue spiritual realities. That's the Passion Translation. Sorry, I should have told you that. So you think about that. Those who live by the impulses of the Holy Spirit are motivated to pursue spiritual realities. Who wants to do spiritual realities? I want to fulfill God's heart and his plan. The mindset here is what will mess us up. In fact, the mindset focused on the flesh fights God's plan and refuses to submit to his direction. What's God leading you to? I wouldn't be surprised if we went around in this room right now and we said, what's in your heart for the church? What do you see? What has God been dealing with you about helping in the church? I bet we'd be surprised of all the things. And some of you probably wouldn't even want to vocalize it because you've never seen it done before. And you think it's just you. How many of you know in these last days, God is going to be doing some things in very peculiar ways that we've not done before within the church? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We tell our, our, our team all the time, guys, we want witty ideas. We want witty inventions. We trust God to give you guys thoughts and ideas of things that need to be done different to cause the gospel to go forth in such a way that it will cause the people to want to run in, just run in. And um, I believe that you guys are carriers of some things for this mandate. How many of you believe that? Some of you might be afraid to raise your hand, but don't be. You're here for a reason. The leaders of this plan and this purpose that God is doing right here in this church, this leadership right here on this front row, they've been ordained of God to run this. And like we said last night, it would be easy for us to serve another person and help them do it because whew, I'd rather serve somebody and help them run the race than me have to be the one in charge. Oh, any day. But usually when you're that way, you're the one that God wants you to be up in the front because you know it's not about you, it's about him. Are you with me? And your leadership is carrying a torch for this region. And there's so much even within them that I don't even believe, pastors, that you guys know the fullness of what all is going on on the inside of you both. And I believe that as you step out into this next adventure, you know, uh, more services or another building or whatever is ahead, that once you get into it, you're going to be bombarded with God just imparting and revealing and showing more parts of the plan because God is seeking for churches in the earth that are going to demonstrate who he is and will not get puffed up in leadership thinking that we are something but we know how to pour into the people demonstrations so that they know this is what you do in your home life this is what you do in your neighborhood this is what you do in your workplace you live a life unto God and you're not moved by this world you are only moved by the impulses of the 
the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of you. And it's time for us as our churches rise up to be churches that are full of the Word and full of the Spirit, where the Word and the Spirit agree, where there's balance. The devil comes along and he wants to try to make error come out of everything that God is doing. But when you've got leadership that is speaking the Word, that's speaking the Word will not be moved. That's one reason why I've always loved being affiliated with Rama Bible Training College and Bible Church for the simple reason Kenneth E. Hagan and his son Kenneth Wayne Hagan, they are very integral. They stick to the Word. They're not going to be moved from the Word, but yet they know the Spirit of God and they're going to flow with the Spirit. They're going to move with the Spirit. But if something gets off or gets off into error, they're real quick to be sensitive to the Spirit of God. Because, you know, God doesn't want us to get in error because if we get in error, then it brings strife, contention, division, and then the plan doesn't get fulfilled, right? When people go around, well, I know I'm right. Well, I know what I'm sensing in the Spirit. These meetings and all this, blah, 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 what's happening is God, and I don't care what Pastor Sean thinks about it. Well, guess what that is? That's not love. Oh, well, praise the Lord. (laughs) I hope I get invited back. I'm not going to look over here. (laughs) Because love always prefers, love always wants to believe the best of somebody. You've got a man of God that's been called to this region to do the will of God, and God is speaking to him and revealing to him what God's plan is, and you've been fed by him, you've grown spiritually in him, and now all of a sudden you've heard something that, that makes you go, huh? And instead of believing the best, you go, hmm. Guys, we got to make sure that our attitude and our actions are lined up with the word and the love chapter in Corinthians. Come on. No, God is not about division. The devil is. And if there are things that you're aggravated with, don't go gossip and talk to each other and try to pull people to your side. Get in the face of God and talk to him. If it's really that you're right, then you'll talk to him and let God speak to him. And then what happens is if you think you're so right and you talk to God about it, then God will reveal his revelation light, whether it's to you or to him, to make whatever person is off come into the right way. But too often, the person that is trying to think that I'm right, I know it all, blah, 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 is the one that will not even go vertical. And if they go vertical, God tell him the truth. God show him he's being stupid. He doesn't know. He doesn't understand. So you help him. I am so sure. I know what we're doing is right, God. Is that a heart of humility and love? Doesn't the body, isn't the body supposed to be loving one another? Man, I want to undergird my leadership. I want to help them. I want to help them. And so I'm going to pray for them and I'm not going to speak bad of them. Glory to God, I had no idea I was going to talk about all that, but hey. You want to make sure that you're guarding God's plan. Guarding, guarding your garden right here. Protecting it from the snakes, from the insects. Uh Uh-huh. 
protecting it from those crazy rabbits that like to eat. Are you with me? You're protecting the garden. When you're in a position to see something that you disagree with, then that means you're in the position to pray about it. Not out openly in front of people, but quietly. Get in the spirit, pray in the Holy Ghost. Father, help. Romans 8, 26, when you don't know how to pray like you should, the Holy Spirit on the inside will help you pray. The Holy Spirit, when you pray in an unknown tongue, he'll bridge the gap between the present world that you're in into the eternal world. The Holy Spirit will bridge the gap between your present life and your future. Right? So let's lean on the Holy Spirit that's on the inside of us. Let's pray in the Spirit. Let's not let division or schism try to come through us. Guard your mouth. You know when you're speaking wrong. And when you override it, you start not even being aware of how bad you're speaking. But when you sense it, I had a girl that used to help me all the time in my office there at Rama, and it was so funny. I told her she was being trained, and I said she wanted to come in on my counseling sessions when I'd be counseling people. And I told her, I said, um, I said, okay, just be a fly on the wall. A fly on the wall, you can't be heard that much, right? You can hear it buzz a little bit, but you're not hearing it. And I said, I want you to be a fly on the wall. You can just sit and observe and listen. She goes, all right. First counseling session, somebody came in, and I began to talk to this girl, and this girl begins to lay out some things that she's dealing with. And I got ready to open my mouth and say something, and my helper opened her mouth. And she started saying everything. And, and I just kind of looked at her and smiled. And then she took a breath, and the girl started talking again. And then I got ready to say something, and I said a few words, and if my helper didn't interrupt me. And uh, I was just like, oh, I'm going to hurt this girl. And um, I just smiled, you know, because I didn't want to make her feel stupid in front of the person we were talking to. The girl got the help that she needed. She left the office. And um, I asked the, my helper, I said, come here. Well, let's just talk for a second here in the office. She was, oh, okay. I said, how would you think that meeting went? Oh, I thought it was great. She really got helped. I said, yeah, she did. But do you remember what I said? You're supposed to be a fly on the wall. And she was like, huh? I go, who did she come to speak to? You, Miss Leanne. Who did most of the talking? I did. I go, yeah. I said, you gave her some really good answers, but it wasn't your place. Fly on the wall, and I don't want to hear you buzz. <laughs> She goes, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am. A few days pass, she comes into another counseling session with me. I didn't say anything to her about it. And in the middle of the counseling session, I glance over at her. And I glanced again because this is what she was doing. <laughs> and then she would move her hand, and then she would go, After the meeting, I said, I told her, I said, stay in my office for a second. We dismissed the person. I go, what in God's creation were you doing the whole time like this? She said, it's the only way I could keep my mouth shut. <laughs> it made me remember, mm, be quiet, mm, be quiet. You know, maybe you're one of those people that needs to remember, 
Mm. Keep my mouth quiet. Do something to help you remind yourself to not speak ill of your pastors or your leadership or other church members. Love covers a multitude of wrong sin. Am I right? Well, this service surely did go different than what I had intended. Huh. I hear the Spirit of God saying, stand upright and fulfill my plan. Stand upright and I'll reveal my heart to you, my friend. Stand upright and revelation will flow. Stand upright and you'll see my glory flow. Stand upright and you'll get in the position that I've ordained you to be and others will recognize what's upon you because it will be of me. Stand upright and look unto me and I will reveal and revelation shall be and your pastors will dance around with glee because you've stood in your place in me. <laughs> Wow, stand upright. Well, what does it mean to stand upright? Stand up according to the word. A humble heart. As a leader, I used to have 500 volunteers underneath me. And I had to choose leaders all the time. But it never failed that God would lead me to the one that didn't try to push to get a position. The one that was humble had humility, but had a heart to do the will of God. You want to be used? Start cleaning the church. Start doing things. Pastor, what can I do? What can I do for you? Can I wash your car? Pastor, what can I do? Can I sweep off the steps? What can I do for you? Be here first to do whatever needs to be done. You know what I'm saying? Just show that you're, you're here. I'm here. I want to help. I want to serve. Too many times people want to run to the pulpit first. I want a pulpit. I want to preach. I want to preach. I got to preach. I've already had that happen to us. I got to preach. And I'm like, we haven't even opened our doors yet. Don't you think that the launch team needs to be trained by the leadership first? That people are hungry. Well, I got to preach. I got to preach. I've got all these messages that I've got to preach. And then I would say, go to the nursing homes. Go to your neighborhood. Go to the community. There's too much out there. Oh, no, 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 no. See, they wouldn't do that. Uh, they wanted a pulpit. And she's like, ah, yeah, no, no, no. You got to have a heart of humility. If you're called, you don't care. You'll, he you'll feed the homeless. Like, was it Debbie? Is it right? Yeah. You'll feed the homeless because you love people, because God loves people. When I was a kid in church, I did anything that was needed, anything. I didn't care. Why? Because I just loved God. And I loved people. There was nobody to teach the Sunday school classes to the toddlers. And I was 12 years old and I told my mom, Mama, I can do it because I was raised in church. I knew all the Bible stories. I knew everything. She goes, well, baby, all right, I'll help you with your lessons. And at 12 years old, I started in the Ministry of Helps. And I haven't stopped. Haven't stopped. Because whatever it is, I'm going to get happy and enjoy doing what God's called me to do. So I encourage you today, find out what God's called you to do here in the church. Pray about it. 
Don't get your head so wrapped in it. And then if you come to pasture and say, well, I see this, I see that. And he's going, well, okay. And if he says, well, we're just going to have to keep that in prayer. Don't think that he's saying no. That means you've got to keep it bathed in prayer because you could have interpreted some of it wrong. So you want to make sure you're accurate in how you're hearing because whatever you're hearing, if it's of God, it will help undergird the vision and the pastors will know in their spirit that it's right. Mm -hmm. Because it's the beginning. Stand upright. Stand upright, the spirit of God said. Stand upright and live out of your relationship with him. I heard someone just say, but I'm having a problem with drinking. I'm having a problem with doing things I shouldn't be doing. What has this got to do with me? Oh, if you'll take hold of what has just been said, to stay vertical and stand upright in him, it won't be long to where the drink won't have you. It won't be long to where you'll be like, man, I'm free. I know what to do. See, you start doing opposite of what your flesh craves, opposite of what your soul is trying to make you think, and eventually, guess what happens? You get sucked into the will of God. Yeah. Are you guys okay with this this morning? Huh. It's the beginning. It's the beginning of some things. New beginnings. Huh. Father, I pray for this church. I pray for every individual that's in this house today. For everyone that's listening online, Father, that your will be fulfilled in their lives, that increase be upon them in Jesus' name, an empowerment to fulfill what you've called them to do, that they run their race, that they fulfill all that you've called them to do. Where deep calls to deep and revelation light floods their soul and they see the will, that which you have called them to do. Oh, Father, that they're able to go this week in your strength and in your power. That they'll run, they'll run the race that you've called them to run and fulfill it in this hour. Father, an awakening in their home, in their life in their work, in their jobs, in their offices, in their families, an awakening who, of the move of your glory in their personal lives, but in this church. Father, we thank you for the movings of your spirit in this place. And I speak strength, I speak life, I speak health over this congregation that your will be accomplished so that we're able to run this race. In Jesus' name, say this after me. I'm going to run. I'm going to run. I'm going to run. I'm going to do the will of God and fulfill my part with Pastor Sean and Heidi. I'm going to run. I'm going to do what you, Father, has called me to do with all humility, walking in your ability, in your power, in your might, because you live big on the inside of me, and I'm going to run. I'm going to run. I'm going to run in Jesus' name. 
thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com. 